St. Paul tells us that we have to bear with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. He says that there is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And in the prayers that we pray, in the first hour we say, One God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. Unfortunately, I think that as a church, we often fall short of this calling that St. Paul is calling us to. We fall short of being in one accord with the, like the apostles in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. And to be honest with you, this is the thing that matters the most. The love that we share among one another is supposed to be the thing that distinguishes us as Christians. Our Lord Jesus Christ, He, can be, he said, By this they will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So the mark of a disciple is not how often I pray, it's not what I wear, what I look like, it's not how successful my Sunday school ministry is, how the hymns sound in the church. All of this stuff is secondary. I will be a disciple of Christ. People will know that I am a disciple of Christ if I have love for my family the church. This was actually our Lord's prayer to the Father about us. His desire was that we may be one, just that they may be one, just as we are one in them and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one. So we know from, from St. Paul that this is what God wants. And we know from the prayer of our Lord that this is what God wants. So what prevents us from being one? What are the things that separate us? I think there are a lot of things that separate us on, on some level. We are a church that's full of all different types of people. Different ages, men, women, old, young, richer, poor. But to be honest, all of those are, are minor separations. We can have differences of opinion about you know the best ways for, for things to be done or what is ideal for the service, but I don't think that is really what divides us either. The thing that really divides us and what I would like us to meditate on this morning that makes us act as individuals instead of as one unit and one body is or our, our egos, our pride. The reason I say that is our pride is what tells us what I think is the most important. Our pride is what makes us refuse to acknowledge when someone else could be right. Our pride and our ego are what prevent us from apologizing when I do something wrong. Our pride actually can even make us blind to the fact that we do anything wrong at all. When our ego has reached to a certain point, we can't even see any, that anything that we could be doing could be wrong. That our actions could be hurting others. That they could affect other people negatively. That we could be influencing others to have the same negative habits that we have, that we could be influencing others to think negatively about others. Our Lord Jesus Christ warns us when He says, No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house. If I consider the strength of our unity in love as the, the strong man that protects my house, all the devil needs to do to bind our house, to bind this strong man, and then the house of God can be taken over. Our Lord Jesus Christ makes it clear that no group working for a common goal 
can be successful if they're divided. Listen to what St. Paul says in Galatians. But you, if you devour, bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. So this is the, the question I should ask myself. Has my pride or my ego caused me to bite and devour my brothers and sisters, either within my family or within the church? Has it caused me to bite and devour my family and friends? Make sure you listen again carefully to the warning of St. Paul. If we bite and devour, what will happen? We will be consumed by one another. It leads to our own destruction. One way we can measure if we've allowed divisions among ourselves in the church is to look at the example of the Corinthians. St. Paul, he rebuked the Corinthians because they started to create for themselves like factions within the church. I follow Paul, I follow Peter, I follow Apollo. St. Paul uh, stops them and is like, no, you know, we're all following Christ. It seems so obvious, the instruction. We're not following Paul or Apollos or Peter, we're following Christ. But we do the same thing. We form into groups or cliques. We have people we deal with and people we refuse to deal with. Oh, those people, I can't deal with them. I can't understand them or they don't get me or they're not. Something's wrong with them. Or I would never go to that church because the people there are mean or judgmental or whatever. There are people that I claim I can get along with and people that I claim I cannot get along with. But the church needs to be different from the world. A house divided itself cannot stand. In the world, we're constantly divided. People try to divide us by race, by income, by beliefs. In school, people are divided by, you know, the popular kids and the nerds and the people who play sports. But as a church, we're not of this world. When we come up towards the altar to partake of the Eucharist, we need to come as one. That's the reason we're coming together. St. Paul also, in his epistles of the Corinthians, he was rebuking them because they were fighting during the Eucharist. He told them, if you're going to partake in this manner, you're partaking to your destruction, you're partaking to your judgment. Because Christ, that is abiding in all of us following the Eucharist, should be the thing that binds us to one another. We are in significant need of examining ourselves. Are we hindering the kingdom of God by division? St. Paul in his epistle to the Romans that we read actually earlier this morning says, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. He warns us to avoid people who are causing divisions. Because once divisions become ingrained into the church, into our families, into our lives, they eventually destroy it from within. But I want us to, to take this verse and, and turn it around and make it about ourselves. Are we the ones causing division? St. Paul is saying, watch out for people who cause division and stay away from them. But I would ask us to think about it for ourselves. Are we the ones causing division? Are we the ones causing offense? If I examine my life in the church and realize, yeah, there are people who I avoid. There are people who avoid me. There are people who I refuse to deal with or people who refuse to deal with me. I need to stop. I need to know there's something wrong. I need to check my ego and my pride at the door and make a correction now. 
need to clear the air with the person that I'm not getting along with. I need to swallow my pride and apologize. I need to start with a clean slate. As we are praying the liturgy and approaching the body and blood of Christ this morning, we pray that we can approach Him with a conscience that is clear, with a mind and heart that is not holding anything against anyone, with a desire to truly be one as Christ envisioned for us. And if that's not the case, I need to make it right with those that I am divided among, even if they've wronged me. Otherwise, I take the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ to my judgment. So we look at the example, as we celebrate the Feast of St. Mary, we look at the example of her humility, and we ask God to help us to destroy our pride and our egos, so that we can decrease and that He can increase. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. Yes, Lord.